for the Chuck Jones of the special. been a good day in the Lord's house today. It has been a good day. Thank you for that special. Boy, what a beautiful special. What a beautiful message there in that song. I have enjoyed myself in the Lord's house. I have enjoyed myself in his word today. And uh, he has been faithful and good to us to meet with us. You got me on there now, brother? Right. Uh, This evening, we are going to have the Lord's Supper. And the Lord said when He instituted the Supper, and it is Jesus that instituted this Supper, He said, do this in remembrance of Me. And the reason for the Lord's Supper and the reason why He commanded us to to have this service is because He knew that there would be times that we would lose sight of the cross. He knew there would be times in our life that we would lose sight of what He did for us. And you say, Preacher, I I never forget about it. I'll never forget about the cross. Well, you 
you're probably a better Christian than me. Because there are times in my life that I lose sight of the price that Christ paid for me. You ever go through a time in your life that the cross just doesn't move you like it used to? You remember when you first got saved, you would just tear up. When you think about the price that Christ paid for you, and sometimes we get so caught up in the world that it doesn't move us like it used to. It doesn't grab a hold of us like it used to. Well, friend, as a child of God, we should never lose sight of the cross of Calvary. We should never uh, lose our grasp about what Calvary means for us. Don't ever get in the place spiritually where the cross of Calvary doesn't move you, where it doesn't stir you up. i tell you what, when somebody gets to singing on the blood and somebody gets to singing on the cross or they go to preaching on it, man, I get excited. And I'm glad the cross can still move us. And tonight I want us to do exactly what Jesus told us to do when we came or come to the table to take this Lord's Supper. I want us to be put into remembrance of what the Lord has done for us. I want to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. I have a lengthy reading tonight, but I think it's good for us to be put into remembrance. Oh, how often we forget. Notice Matthew 27 in verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him, and they took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him, and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall, and when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. Notice verse 45. Verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for lies. <clears throat> Excuse me. And straightway one of them ran, took a sponge and filled it with vinegar, and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, 
and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things which were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you, and I just want to thank you, Lord, as I'm put into remembrance the price that you paid for me. The price for our salvation was not cheap, and you gave us your best. And I thank you, Lord, for paying the price for me. Thank you for going to that cross and taking my place at Calvary. Lord, put me into remembrance. Lord, I pray that the cross that you died upon would always move me. The thought of what you did for me, Lord, may I never lose sight of that price that you paid. Us as a church, Lord, may we never lose sight of what you've done for us. Lord, that is the foundation of what we're doing here is the cross of Calvary and the blood that was shed. Lord, may we always be moved by what you've done for us. No man has given us what you have given us. No man has done for us what you've done for us. And I thank you for that. I love you and I praise you. Bless this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look there in verse 36. The Bible said, In sitting down, they watched him there. The Bible said there was a crowd that day, and they watched him there. The Bible said that as all of this was going on at Calvary, there was a group of people that went there. And we know that Jerusalem was filled with people because they were going there for the Passover. And we know that all the the Jews from Israel had gathered there for the purpose of carrying out the Passover. So Jerusalem was heavily populated at this time. And the Bible said that as they led him there, there was a group of people that sat there and they watched all of this take place. The greatest event in all of history is right here. 2,000 years ago when Jesus died upon the cross. Now... There were many people sitting there. There were many people watching this. Could you imagine truly watching the crucifixion take place? Now, we've seen it on the big screen. We've seen Hollywood try to portray it. But I'm going to tell you something. This had to be the sight of all sights to see the Son of the living God die upon the cross of Calvary, an event that that was prophesied for thousands of years that would one day come. And now it has come. Now it is taking place. And there's all kinds of people sitting there watching Jesus die upon the cross. And I want you to think about a minute the different perspectives there as they watched Him. As they watched him, I imagine there was a group of people that were non-believers, people that did not believe that Jesus was truly the Son of God. Now, may I say this today? There is no doubt that a man named Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago. History has proven that fact over and over again. The discussion, the argument was who was that man called Jesus? And many people sitting there did not believe that he was the Son of God. Many people believed he was an imposter. So as they sat there and they watched him there, they were probably sitting there thinking, Boy, what a fool. 
Boy, what an idiot. Why would this man go through all of this? Why would he do all of this? And to a lot of people there that day, a lot of this was confusion to them. This wasn't clear to them. Why would a man named Jesus, who claims to be the Son of God, why would he do this? And I imagine there were a lot of people there that day that laughed. Because I'm going to tell you, a lot of people hated Jesus. And there that day, they were satisfied by seeing this man be put to death. Because when Jesus came, he came and he brought conviction with him. And everywhere he went, people were convicted. And so, do you remember when Lazarus was raised from the dead? Do you remember what happened? The Bible said the chief priests and all the big shots, they got jealous. They got jealous. And there that day, they said, we're going to kill this man named Jesus. There was a lot of people satisfied. But I imagine there were some people there that day that knew that this was more than just a man. I believe there were some people sitting there that day that understood that this was more than just a good prophet, that this was truly the Son of the living God. And if you believe that was the Son of the living God, you're going to have a different perspective than a non-believer. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I know that that was the Son of the living God. And as I sit down and I survey the wondrous cross of Calvary and I sit there and I think in the, the theater of my heart and my mind and I see Jesus dying upon that cross, I look at it in the perspective of a child of God. Now, I want you to know that when people sit there and they look at the cross, there may be many sights or many things that come to their mind. But I want to tell you a few things that I see when I survey the wondrous cross of Calvary. I want you to think about this. This Jesus was brought into this hall. He was persecuted. He, his robe was stripped from him. They mocked him. They put upon him the crown of thorns. They put the nails in his hands and they crucified him for everybody to see. May I tell you the death of Christ is, is worse and, and goes further than any death that has ever been experienced on a, upon the face of this earth. Nobody has suffered or been humiliated quite like Christ was that day. I'm going to tell you, He went through something that no man has ever gone through. And I'm glad that I don't have to go through it because He did for me. But I'm going to tell you what I see when I survey the wondrous cross. Number one, I see the love of God for the sinner. I want you to look with me in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. A lot of people may see a lot of things. They may see as Jesus is hanging there on the cross. They may see all kinds of things. But number one, I see the love of God for the sinner. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. You say, preacher, what do you see when you look at the cross? I see the love of God for a sinner. I want you to know that I'm a sinner. And the reason the cross is in effect today, the reason that there is even a cross is because God loves me. 
and God loves you. I'm going to tell you something. I have one son, and I love him a lot, and I love y'all, but I don't love y'all enough to give you my only son. And let me tell you something. God gave up His only son for you. And He gave up His only Son for you while you were yet a sinner, while I was yet a sinner. I'm going to tell you that what I see when I look at the cross, I see the love of God for an old sinner by the name of Josh Llewellyn that wasn't worthy, that was undeserving, but He loved me so much that He gave me everything He had. Let me tell you something. God gave us His best today because Jesus is His best. And He gave us His best in Jesus. I love you today, but I don't love you enough to give you Connor. But God loved you enough to give you Jesus. And you look at what Jesus went through. Why did He suffer what He suffered? Because He loved you. Because He loved you. I'm a sinner. And I needed a Savior. And the only way to be saved is He had to go to the cross. And He had to die that death that was not His to die. May I tell you, He was an innocent man. He was perfect. He was a spotless lamb. Hello? Are you all awake? He was a lamb without spot and without blemish. He was the perfect lamb. May I tell you that He became the lamb what no other lamb could be. And He did for us what nobody else could do. You say, preacher, why did He do it? Because He loved you. And as those people mocked Him, and I'm talking about the Son of Glory here. I'm talking about in the beginning, God. Guess what? That was Jesus there in the beginning. There at the beginning of creation, there He is. The the wonderful, mighty Counselor, there He is being crucified, being humiliated. Why? Because He loved you. And He loved me. There He is pouring out His heart in the garden, knowing what's coming. Why? Because He loves us. Let me tell you something. He could have called 12 legions of angels to come help Him that day. Why didn't He do it? Because He loves us. You say, well, the centurion servants and the Roman soldiers killed Jesus. No, friend. No man took my Savior. He laid down His life freely for us. It wasn't the nails that kept Him there. It wasn't the soldiers that kept Him on that cross. It was the love of God for the sinner that kept Him on that cross. Because as He stayed on that cross, He had in His mind, Josh Llewellyn needs a Savior. i got to stay here and I've got to endure it. I have to endure it. And the Bible said in Hebrews, He did it with joy. Isn't that awesome? He endured it with joy. And he said, Josh Llewellyn needs a Savior. Yes, I could call 12 legions of angels down. But oh, he needs a Savior. Oh, God needs the atonement for sin. What kept him there? The love of God kept him there. His love for me. He's seen my need. And he said, I've got to stay. And so there they were. They chumped rocks at him. We're talking about the Son of the living God. They spit on him. They plucked his beard out. They humiliated Him. Why? Because He loves me. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Does anybody else get stirred up when they think about that? He stayed upon that cross because He loves a sinner by the name of Josh Llewellyn. You say, preacher, you calling me a sinner? I am calling you a sinner. But I'm calling me a sinner too. And as He laid on that cross, He stayed there because you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. And He knew that we needed a Savior. 
Friend, may I tell you that our eternity was at stake that day. And may I tell you that when God looked down, the Bible said that He was satisfied. He was satisfied. I want you to look with me in the book of Isaiah chapter 53. If you're with me, say amen. If you're awake, say amen. There we go. Isaiah chapter 53. Number two, I see the judgment of God upon sin. As I look at Jesus upon the cross, I see the judgment of God upon sin. A lot of people wonder, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Because we are sinners. And there had to be a payment for sin. I want you to understand that God is a loving God, but God is a just God. God is a holy God. He is a righteous God. And the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You say, Preacher, what does that mean? That means God's up here and I'm down here. And I come short of His glory. And the only way to get there in His presence is I'm going to need a mediator. I'm going to need somebody to come in and pay that price to take that penalty for me so that I can go before the very presence of a holy and righteous God. You say, couldn't couldn't God just love us so much that He'd just look the other way? No, He couldn't because He's a righteous God. And He can't look the other way when it comes to sin. So notice what the Bible says here in verse 4. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded... For our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. With His stripes we are healed. Three hours on the cross. Darkness. Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Think about this. In the beginning, God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Up to the point at the cross, there has never been a time that God the Father and God the Son wasn't together and unified until Calvary came. And the Bible said that God could not look upon that because Jesus took upon Him the iniquity of us all. And God had to turn. Oh, mercy. He had to turn. Darkness fell. My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Never. Has the Son and the Father been separated? But for the very first time in all of eternity, they are separated. Why? Because I see the judgment of God upon sin. Because when we as sinners, when God looks down upon us, that's what it's like. There is darkness. There is a separation between us and God. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus took a separation on that cross so that me and you will never have to. May I tell you that he was separated from God. He became an enemy with God that day, so me and you would never have to be. He took our place in that darkness. May I tell you that Jesus went through hell on Calvary. He took our hell. Me and you, that's the penalty, is hell for our sins. And he took that hell for us on Calvary so that me and you will never have to endure that. May I tell you, I see the judgment of God upon sin. And all that darkness and all of this going on is because of sin. The price and the payment had to be paid. May I tell you that Isaiah 53 said that when God looked down, 
There's the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He looked down and the Bible said that God was satisfied. He was satisfied with the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. And on that very day, the precious blood of Jesus was spilt and was shed and became the atonement for sin. And the Bible said the veil in the temple was rent. Isn't that awesome? That separation there was torn in half. The Bible said the earth did quake. The Bible said the dead got up. Let me tell you something. When Jesus died on the cross, things happened that day. Heaven and earth was shaken up that day because the price of sin has finally been paid for. You say, preacher, all them little lambs and all them little rams, friend, it was never about their blood. It was about the picture of the coming lamb, the lamb of God. Jesus Christ, never did any of that blood ever take away sin. It was always the picture looking to the blood of Jesus, the Son of the living God. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad I don't have to work for my salvation. Amen. I'm glad I don't have to do anything else but accept it and believe in Him. Jesus said at the very end, it is finished. Woo, isn't that awesome? It is finished. You say, what? What is it, it? The penalty of sin is finished. The judgment of of God upon sin is finished there at Calvary. I want you to notice, and I'm almost done. Look with me here in Titus 2. Titus 2. Oh, as I survey the cross, I see the love of God upon sin. I see the, the judgment of God upon sin. But I want you to know I see the grace of God for the saints. Oh, I want you to know that Calvary is all about God's grace. You say, preacher, what does grace mean? That means unmerited favor. That means God has given you something that you don't deserve. Well, I deserve Calvary. Well, speak for yourself. Because I don't deserve it. If you want to be honest, you don't either. I'm not saved because of who I am. I'm saved because of who He is. And I'm not saved because of what I can do. I get saved because of what He's already done for me. It's all about grace. Well, I can earn it. You're never good enough to earn the the merit, the, the payment of sin. You can never earn it. Friend, you receive it by the grace of God. Notice this in verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. When I look at the cross, I see the grace of God for the saints. I see God's grace. People get all bent out of shape. Well, it can't be that easy. Surely, surely I've got to go to church, or surely I've got to do good enough. Surely I have to follow the law. Surely this, surely that. Let me tell you something. Jesus did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. He paid the price. It is our job to receive that. We must understand there is nothing we can do to earn it. We must have faith in it. I'm saved because of the grace of God. He looked down upon me. Am I worthy of salvation? No. Am I worthy of heaven? No. But that's what God's grace is all about today. He looked down upon old Josh Llewellyn, sinner, lost, dying, and going to hell. And he said, you know what? I love him. I want to save him. 
I want to give him a Savior. And at the age of 13 years old, I got saved. Jesus came into my heart. You say, preacher, has it been easy since that day? No. But you know what's brought me through? The grace of God. That same grace that saved me is that same grace that has kept me saved. Hello? Y'all got your ears open to that? I'm glad I don't have to worry about losing my salvation. Because I wasn't saved by my works from the get-go, so my works isn't going to keep me saved. God's grace saved me. God's grace is going to keep me saved. Amen? It never was about me, but it was about Him. When I go to that cross, I'll see the love of God for an old sinner. Isn't it wonderful to be saved? We get so high-minded. We get so out of place sometimes. Child of God, would you stop and survey the wondrous cross of Calvary? Would you gaze upon the love of God for the sinner? Would you gaze upon the judgment of God upon sin? And would you gaze upon the grace of God for the saints? You say, preacher, days are rough. Let me tell you something. Calvary saved my life. Calvary's going to keep me going. Amen. Child of God, don't ever leave Calvary. If there would be more daddies and more mamas stay at Calvary, we wouldn't have near the problems we do today. There's need to be more mamas and more daddies and more people going to the cross every single day. Don't leave the cross. Don't forget what Jesus has done for you. Tonight we're going to partake of this. The bread is a picture of the body of Christ. He give Himself for you. The fruit of the vine is a picture of the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but His blood. Let me tell you something. That's what it's all about. Being put in remembrance of what Jesus did for me. As we come to this table, we need to make sure that our hearts are ready and prepared to take this. The Bible said don't drink this unworthily. That means get right with the Lord before you approach this table. Make sure there's not things in your life undone. Go to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm glad He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Go to Him. He'll forgive you today. You say, well, when I look at this preacher, I, you know, I don't want to get too, too emotional. I don't want to get too bent out. Say, let me tell you something. As I go to this table, I see who Jesus is. And I'm reminded of what He's done for me. But you know what else? I'm reminded of myself. And when I look at this and I'm put in remembrance of Jesus, I can't help but to examine myself. Would you examine yourself this evening? Let's stand very quiet, very reverent tonight. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. And while we prepare for this hymn, these altars are open. Maybe where you are, you want to get down and you just want to get things right with the Lord. Every day, you ought to go to the Lord and ask for the forgiveness of your sins. You say, preacher, does that mean that i got to get saved over and over and over again? Nope, you only get saved one time. Isn't that awesome? It only takes God one time to save us. But I'm going to tell you, i got to get down every day and get right with Him and get stirred back up again every day.